So hi everyone, I'm here with David Wiley, who's the owner and commercial director of Lending Metrics. Uh, and Lending Metrics are a credit risk uh, and decisioning technology firm. Um, so, so welcome, David. Thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Hello. Um, so, so, so first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about the pandemic and the COVID pandemic. Um, wh what have you seen the impacts been on, on your business and, and your customers? Uh, it's been about, what, nine months now. Um, and it's just good to hear sort of what, what your experience has been. Very interesting. Uh, so uh, by way of a little bit of context, I, I was working uh, in the financial services industry around about the time of the financial crisis mm. and March of last year started to feel a little like deja vu and mm. uh, the, the expectations for 2020 at that time were not great. Mm. Um, happily, as a business, we, we went on to actually have a record 2020. So for us personally, as a, as a business, it, it was a very successful year uh, against you know an absolutely awful backdrop for for the rest of the world and, and you know for a lot of people and and, and their lives personally. Um, so I, I think what we've seen from our established customers mm. is a, probably an underwhelming year, mm. uh, and and there are a number of reasons for that. Uh, and when I say underwhelming. I think uh, the desire for most of most of our customers is to grow and mm. to uh, you know increase the balance sheet and increase the loan book, and it's no secret that the uh, the demand for consumer credit through 2020 has been hit pretty hard. Um, the, the 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 numbers of um, the numbers published by the the Bank of England have shown uh, a near seven percent reduction in mm. consumer credit numbers during 2020 um, customers I think in November alone about a, a billion and a half of consumer credit was repaid and mm. about 60 percent of that uh, credit cards and, and the rest being you know personal loans so now that that has that's a bit of a you know a double-edged sword for lenders because on the one hand their their collections are through the roof mm. too good they, they might mm. argue uh, but the the business you know it's essentially wants to grow so it's been a it's been a tale of two stories for us really. Um, customers onboarding, excellent, you know, record year. Um, established customers, I think, waiting with bated breath for the the real end to uh, to, to the current uncertainty, uh, hopefully brought about by the vaccine. And and, and what, what's your feeling around what's going to happen? I suppose we've now got vaccines that are that are that are gradually being rolled out around the world. I mean, is it? You know, is it is it sort of like a, a lightning sort of uh, scenario where it looks like it's it's going to improve? How do you think lenders will react to that? Do you think there's sort of pent up demand for trying to get expand their loan books and sort of trying to get lending sort of going again, or is it is it there's, there's still very much a wait and see kind of mode? No, I think the expectation is very much um, huge pent up demand. Yeah, lenders gearing up to deal with that demand. Uh, a number of the uh, not you know, that that's clearly the, the impression we get from our existing customers mm. but from from new customers that have uh, onboarded with us in in the second half of 2020 that is absolutely their their motivation they they see a um, a significant uh, opportunity where credit will rebound probably in the mid 
to, to later part of the year. Yeah, from a from a decisioning point of view, one of the problems that's happened is you know a lot you know a lot of decisioning and lending is made off historical data. So for example, you know you various amounts of bureau data or historical performance data. Um, in in a lot of places, that's been sort of the data the data has been changed fundamentally by the fact that you know people have had we've had payment support holidays here in the UK but I mean it's the same elsewhere around the world as well um, you know and it's fundamentally changed some of that historical data um, so so how are, how are lenders sort of thinking about that in terms of you know because some of the models and the techniques that we used before aren't necessarily going to be as applicable going forward and they've got to think about it in a new way um, what's what's the what's the risk approach you're kind of hearing about that or have we gone far enough to 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 really um, to really sort of see the impact of this sort of flowing through their data. The the benchmark for credit scores mm. clearly ha have been uh, recalibrated mm. uh, as a result of, uh, of of what's of what's occurred, and that is uh, a continual work in progress. One one of the one of the features of our core technology platform. Mm. Um, ADP is that it allows for ongoing and frequent mm. modifications by the lender, mm. and, and and that that sort of technology is going to come into its own um, in 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 scenarios such as this. Additionally, however, we have seen a significant increase in demand for open banking data, mm. which, in our view, is a, a more um, a more timely supply of data mm. it's more relevant and uh, more up to date than a credit file will be and is using uh, sorry is, is uh, illustrating the current affordability and the current uh, potential credit worthiness of, of that customer in mm. conjunction with traditional credit data uh, i think that offers lenders a more up-to-date picture of, uh, of of what are rapidly changing circumstances mm. for for consumers within the pandemic. And so, so, so you're seeing like the investments from a technology point of view in terms of like trying to incorporate some of this data. Is that's that's what's sort of driving driving some of the market. I mean, because I know you've got quite a flexible sort of decisioning system and sort of being and clients being able to do that. Is that is that sort of been 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 what's what customers been looking for, or is that is that a trend that's sort of building up this sort of mass sort of um, ability to be able to customize things themselves and and respond. I think it's always been the case that lenders have wanted the ability to mm. have very flexible and um, malleable technology mm. when it comes to uh, uh, updating and, and modifying and, and testing their, mm. their credit, uh, credit policies. But in, in, in financial circumstances such as this, that I think has been amplified considerably mm. and uh, the need for that for that analysis, the need for that um, adaption um, to new, as I say, new uh, calibrated um, credit scores, and to deal with the rapidly emerging new sources of of uh, whether it be ID and fraud mm -hmm. um, solutions or open banking data, and all of the other derivatives of of uh, those. Um, those key requirements that lenders have to to assess a customer both from a, a credit risk and an affordability and mm. from a, an id and fraud perspective um they're they're changing rapidly uh, technology is driving those and i think the pandemic has uh has accelerated that rate of change yeah 
question is, I suppose, just whether it'll ever go back to what it was. Um, and you just, I mean, is this, is this, uh, is this, I mean, a lot of the phrases used new normal, which uh, everyone seems to dislike using, but is this the, is this, is this what it's going to be going forward? I mean, we've got to get ready for it. Um, I'm not sure if I can see it going back to the way it was. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm, uh, I'm a traditionalist in that regard. I, oh. I, I like the, I like the face to face uh, mm -hmm. interaction with, with work colleagues and, with with partners and, and and people in general so i i hope um you know the romantic in me hopes that we'll will return to near normal yeah. um that being said there are huge efficiencies that have been uh delivered through the these new uh technological solutions mm. and i think those will be very difficult for businesses to simply give up yeah. um staff is is probably the biggest expense of any business and automation uh, if it's if it's working well for the business can, can uh, drive huge efficiencies. Yeah. I mean it's case in point and we're chatting to each other from the other side of the world um, and it's um, I mean you really can sort of from a human point of view I mean it's, it's so easy to be able to contact people and sort of talk to people pretty much anywhere and you can work anywhere as well so uh, which I think has been has been fundamental but I suppose I was also talking a little bit around the technology side and this sort of like mass customization and max flexibility, um, you know, incorporating new data sources, those kind of things. And just whether that will ever come back out again, just to use sort of simple sort of regression scorecards and sort of, you know, just with, you know, just credit bureau. And it feels like those days have almost like gone in some ways. And just the new technology that's coming in that's going to be mass customization is 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 is, is probably here to stay, I would think. I, I think it is. Uh, yeah. I, I think the, uh, the I think the the actual um, efficiencies that it delivers, as I, as yeah. I said a moment ago, that it'll be impossible for businesses to to give that up. Yeah. Uh, and th those those um, features that you you mentioned, such as you know regression scorecards, they are they are a still very much a feature of what lenders do. Yeah. It's just that with the technology that's available now, they can learn more rapidly mm. and they can then adapt more rapidly i'll, I'll give you an example um, so one, one of the features of, of our platform is that lenders can run say five decisions mm. um, a single applicant simultaneously and and run a live retro so mm. they're learning at five times the pace uh, that, that they they would have more traditionally learned by running a loan book for a period of time and then carrying out a, a retro analysis with, a, with the, the benefit of a, um, a retro from a credit reference agency, that, that's not necessary to do anymore. So the speed of, uh, of adaption uh, can, can mirror that speed of learning, mm. uh, which means that the, the efficiency of the, the decisioning piece, as I say affordability, fraud, ID and credit risk, all of that can be adapted much more quickly but i think it still will rely on many of the fundamentals that drive yeah. credit yeah. risk and i suppose the concern i have i suppose is is part you know if you don't have that data if you don't adapt to have this new data is you, you can either you get into the scenario where if you're just using the way things always were are you leaving you're either leaving restrictive in terms of like cutoff scores you're leaving money on the table or you open the book up and don't understand the nuance of what it is in which case you're gonna you know see the losses coming through from a from a later point of view and it's i suppose it's just trying to find that 
that nuance uh, and it's almost like the portfolio is cut in a different way or the application is cut in a different way um, um, one of the features that, that we chatted about before was I suppose was and trends that I've been seeing has been around sort of uh, client customization and being able to have clients being able to sort of customize and being able to adapt adapt the software and sort of be much more in control and we've seen that in the consumer space one of the trends I've sort of seen over the last six months is definitely you know software as a service um, and the ability for clients to be able to customize almost like their own journey without sort of using you know, massive implementation programs has definitely been a theme that's come through um, I know you guys have been part of that and it'd be good to sort of you know just hear a little bit about what the experience has been and what the client experience has been around sort of seeing that and how it's sort of being adopted to we'll get your view on it so I would say um, in this past year alone, we have mm. uh, we have integrated with more partners than ever before. Um, mm. So a couple of examples of that: um, we take um, loan management platforms. Mm. Traditionally, the loan management uh, software platforms have aimed to deliver a, an end-to-end -end solution, right from origination through to uh, collections. Uh, the the customer is now demanding best in breed really mm. so um, one example as a as I just mentioned was loan management another has been banking platforms mm -hmm. so you you're seeing a, a trend now whereby the loan management the you know the the, the workflow and the, and the accounting side of of that loan management uh, function is now uh, contained within just the loan management portion of the of the mm. uh, solution and the customers are demanding collections uh, modules, originations modules, credit risk modules, uh, mm. pay, payments modules. So yes, there is definitely a, 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 an ecosystem and a demand by the, um, the customer, the, the lender, to bring these component parts together. So we all have to be openly connected. We need to be uh, willing to deliver, able and willing to deliver to the customer um, in partnership with one another rather than in competition with one another and how do you think that's going to play out in terms of management because obviously you've got you're going to have um, multiple vendors um, all of which have got best of breed um, you know whereas before um, you would have just had one one system that would have sort of managed everything end to end albeit you know maybe maybe not with some of the fit same feature set I mean, every single one has to integrate every single one has to have you know account management has to you know sort of you know be, be managed from a you know service level point of view how what what's what's the best approach to think about that that's a really challenging question because we have been we have been uh, engaged with mm. uh, parties who uh, have actually attempted both routes. Some mm. have attempted to orchestrate the entire uh, contractual arrangements through, mm. through one mechanism, mm. uh, which has been a challenge because there are there are sometimes four, five, six vendors involved mm. in that. So that that can that can be a challenge, uh, and, and uh, it remains ongoing. Mm. And then there are, then there, are, there have been some other partners who have um, made it very clear that everyone engages with the customer. Um, individually and that's mm. something that which the customer has to has to manage but the but the plus um, the, 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 um, the plus points for the lender are better technology mm. you know, be better um, better designed and more 
appropriate for each individual requirement rather than mm. you know a one size fits all um uh, more compromise yeah, yeah yeah compromise correct yeah. Uh, but also i think cost i think uh, i think saas solutions uh in in comparison to these um mammoth platforms which uh i think have probably largely had their day mm. um those, those combined saas solutions are considerably more cost effective in our view mm. and therefore the benefits to to the lender are considerable so I, it's probably a price worth paying yeah i mean it does it does seem particularly since the pandemic, but I mean, you know, SaaS in particular, I mean, the, the speed of setup and the speed of implementation is sort of, you know, it's sort of definitely accelerated it um, in terms of in terms of uptake, because it's been a solution to to, a, to really, it's been a burning platform, which we have to get stuff up and running sort of immediately. Um, and you sort of the infrastructure is sort of is sort of there to a certain extent, and it's very, very quick. Um, I mean, so it feels that's a trend, but I mean, of the two, though, I mean, definitely there's 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 a lot of partnerships that are out there, uh, which is sort of like, you know, people are starting to partner with different companies. So you start up, they have that close relationship versus sort of that direct model, which 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 do you think which do you think works better from 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 your point of view? I suppose you're, you're fairly agnostic, um, but is there a, is there a preference or? Um, we we have seen um, a considerable breakthrough in the lending metrics brand throughout mm. 2020 and that has resulted in a lot of partners approaching us wanting mm. the the lending metrics technology right. adp yeah. specifically um embedded within their solution um so we're in favor of that <laughs> yeah yeah so especially if you build the brand then you can sort of go direct and that's probably a, a better thing from a from a company point of view because you've got the visibility and you've got the direct conversation with the customer we we the, the vast majority of our customers are people that we deal with directly mm. that remains mm. the case but uh, it's it's fair to say that the the uh, the, the volume of, of partner driven uh, whether that be you know, credit risk consultants or mm. loan management platform uh, providers or banking platform providers that has certainly started to uh, move the needle i know you've had quite a lot of success over the last 10 years sort of a lot of growth um, uh, and awards for innovation. Um, it'd be good to just ask. I mean, what do you think sort of driven that that success from your point of view? Or what's the what's the philosophy that you've had in terms of in terms of building the build, building lending metrics? Really, we came into a marketplace where um, lenders' expectations were relatively low. Mm. They they were expecting very high price tags average uh, quality technology and very long lead times for mm. implementation and um, we we sought to address those and we, we sought to be disruptive and, and and we have been and i think we've also uh, gone above and beyond to uh, to, to accommodate um, those those expe expectations of customers which are uh, beyond the scope of the contract. In other words, we've just had a can-do approach. Mm -hmm. We want to get our customers um, into a place where they are happy with and using the technology because it speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. So, in just get just getting over those those day-to-day -day hurdles uh, by. Let's just let's just resolve this. Let's get this mm. let's get this out of the way because once you're using the technology, 
that's where we put all of our investment. Mm. And what do you think? What do you think the future holds for for decisioning technology? Um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about acquisition uh, in previous conversations around sort of the back-end collections piece, and we talked a bit about customization. But what do you think the future holds? I mean, where where are we going in terms of um, in terms of decisioning technology, and particularly around you know the, the, the on the credit side and the lending side? Um, so there are lots of different emerging um, uh, individual solutions to individual problems and uh, you heard me mentioned earlier earlier uh, id verification mm. is one example of that so this this ability to get a you know a camera and a and a piece of id and get yourself mm. uh, verified that's relatively new and it's innovative and open banking is 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 of a similar vein um and it's important for us to be we believe the orchestration tool for all of that. Lenders see things that are applicable to their business today, but we need to ensure that we are openly connected to all of the new solutions that are coming along tomorrow, because we have every expectation that some of our customers will want to use some of them, and we want that to be consumed through mm. ADP. So for us, it's, um, it, it is about um, the, the credit risk fundamentals hmm. and speed of, of change, um, updating uh, credit policy quickly, but it's also about uh, being able to adapt to the new technologies that are going to become available to lenders almost monthly at the moment. There seems hmm. to be a, a new provider of something or other. Um, it does feel like sort of like that the, the explosion of data and being able to add data and the flexibility to be able to then interpret that data it feels like we've had a wave and you talked a bit about open banking coming through, um, you know, different type of fraud checking, but there's also like other data elements that are out there as well, which which has always been there, but it's like how much of those are gradually going to get incorporated into the decisioning. Um, and so, so I'm sort of taking away through a little bit around flexibility and you, your view is really around how do you build a platform that's flexible to be able to adopt some of that? A hundred percent. Yes. Mm. It, it's, it's about being prepared for, mm. Than the next thing that comes along. I, I mean, I, to give you a, another case in point, an area that we're that we're working on quite quite um, intent, intensely at the moment is uh, the gaming gambling mm. sector. Uh, as as you may be aware, there's a huge amount of uh, of regulatory change mm. on the way there, mm. and there are a number of individual solutions which are largely aimed at um, addressing individual. Uh, regulatory requirements that are anticipated mm. uh, from the, the Gambling Commission. But my experience through uh, the, the, the adoption of, of regulation by the FCA was that those changes were just the beginning. And mm. that story just uh, carried on for, for years thereafter. Mm. If, you, if you look at payday lending as a, mm. as a case in point, payday lending uh, it, it, that, that journey of regulatory change began, and then you know, ultimately many payday lenders were, were regulated out of existence. But but that it didn't stop with the initial wave of regulation. And so as more and more regulation came along, more and more solutions and speed of, of adoption and adaption to those those um, new solutions were, was necessary. And so if you take gambling now, 
they're probably at the beginning of their regulatory journey mm. and th this this first wave will be just that the first wave and i believe they'll see many more thereafter and they need to be able to um, orchestrate the various um, elements of of, uh, of solution through those those various waves. I mean, the regulatory journey is quite interesting because I think there's a, there's a bit of a there's a linkage between we have a lot of this new technology because we've got you know the 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 cost of data storage has come down significantly, the cost of data processing has come down significantly. I mean, massively, um, and it allows you know all of these solutions to be it allows these solutions to be built relatively relatively cheaply compared to where they were sort of 20 30 years ago, um, and so we've got this explosion of technology that's going out. But with all this data also comes the ability to be able to evidence the evidence your compliance as well and it's almost like the the regulators are seeing this as well and there's almost like this um this competition between the two in terms of like how do you how do you evidence it and how do you regulate it how do you evidence it how do you regulate it um and it's quite i find that quite interesting it's quite a, there's definitely definitely a linkage there actually so i, th I think it, i mean i don't think it's going to go away no uh so um to, to that point uh every single the outcome of every single uh rule and piece of logic within adp mm. is supported by mm. uh, an audit a full yeah. audit not not just was, yeah. what was the answer but how was that answer arrived at yeah and so um the the, the prospect of having a um an audit a regulatory audit the amount of information that can be presented to the regulator is you know incredible yeah. Yeah, but you're doing it by paper. You just think about how painful that would have been. Um, and and COVID and COVID. Um, I mean, do you think that's you know? We're, I mean, we're at the start, and certainly I spend more time on the collection space. And you know, you know, delinquencies have actually been down because of the because of the the support measures that have been put in place, which is quite different from 2008. But but as we come out of this, and there's a lot of debate around when we think that's going to start to rise again. Um, but let's say it's sometime this this year. Do you think the regulator is going to react to that as well and then put in even more regulations? So we talked a bit about payday loans, but I mean, we're going to we're going to have some sort of reaction to to the COVID and people are in, some people are in real financial difficulty. And does that lead to more regulation? I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think lenders have been uh, you know, if you think about the, the measures that consumer credit lenders and mortgage lenders have been uh, required to mm. deliver to customers in hardship over this past year um, that that's been a significant uh, a significant cost and a significant drain to them and, and it was the right thing to do i think mm. i think uh, aside from the the specific political criticisms of uh, of the the handling of the pandemic i think um, the the chancellor has, has made some stunning mm. uh, moves and 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 those those were the right moves and and uh, and that's meant that a lot more people will come out of this unscathed than, than would otherwise have been the case. So the prospect of yet more uh, burdens being placed on lenders uh, at the other end. Concerns you. I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't be in favour yeah. of that. I think they've done they've done the heavy lifting already. I, it's been very interesting watching the certainly the, the financial services industry. I mean, a lot of industries as well. I mean, the, the amount of emphasis that's been put on vulnerable customers, financial difficulty, and really since 2008, and a lot of that has actually worked quite well, actually. I, I, do, I do kind of agree um, in terms of like being being kind of ready for some of these things with, with processes in place, which has been 
it's been it's been interesting it's been interesting to watch if you know and it's been positive i think in, in many cases um now obviously you, you work in different markets as well and you're not just in the uk you've got an, an international uh, uh, arm as well i mean have you have you seen it sort of different between the different between the different markets are you finding the same kind of themes everywhere or is it just or is it or is it or is it or other subtle differences <clears throat> so um, at, the, at the moment yes we operate um, just in the UK and Australia, although we, we do have um, some some quite exciting plans for further international expansion. And uh, mm. um, I'll make sure you're the first to know when yeah. uh, when we're in a position to announce that. As far as um, Australia is concerned, um, as you may well know, um, here in Australia, we have a um, <laughs> Paradise, as mm. far as uh, as far as COVID is concerned, compared with the UK, that mm. I, I'm here in Western Australia, and there is a zero tolerance to international travel without quarantine, mm. and as a result, we have no COVID whatsoever mm. here. Any cases are in are in quarantine. Um, so, the economy um, in Australia uh, it is not really being affected so much. Um, in my experience, but by COVID, there mm. are other things going on in the economy, such as the, the country's relationship with China, for example, mm. which is not great. And uh, and Australia relies very heavily on mm. uh, on trade with China, so it's difficult to know the degree to which that will impact the economy. The most interesting thing about Australia is that uh, in the last three years, they adopted. Um, comprehensive credit reporting for the first time. Mm. Something we take for granted in the UK and, and is taken for granted in other, mm. um, such as the US, is that full comprehensive credit file of positive and negative information. That was unheard of in Australia up until about three years ago, where the mm. only information available was, was negative data, mm. uh, CCJs and, and defaults and such. That is starting to open uh, some some doors. It's, it's, it's opening up um, the the lenders to the possibilities uh, of of how they can improve their 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 credit decisioning. Mm. So that's very encouraging for us. And actually, just uh, just last year, they also um, uh, launched several uh, open banking providers right. too. Uh, whereas it was previously the screen scraping model of of, right. uh, of, of Yodli and and such like. Um, it's now pure open banking, and that that is again just another quite interesting comparison with with um, say the UK. Um, open banking was um, was spearheaded in the UK. However, the use of uh, bank data has been far more established in mm. Australia than in the UK because of this dependence on screen scraping of bank data and regulatory requirements for mm. bank statement data to, to be a mm. part of the underwriting process. Mm. So actually the adoption of open banking and all of the technological advances that that advantages that that brings um, in terms of you know, consistency and reliability and security, um, those are all great innovations, but actually the market really loves banking mm. data. So, so, like, so like the, the case was already sold 
Um, so people are already sold on it. It was just the dynamics of how it actually works. So it's so it'd probably be an easier adoption in Australia than it was in than it was in the UK because it struggled. I think I do think it struggled a little bit in terms of uptake, particularly at the back end. I mean, I think the the acquisition in the UK seemed like that was the much greater uptake there. But the back end collections, I think, actually the COVID piece has actually probably helped in terms of adopting some of that. Um, but it's interesting for Australia though. So it sounds like you know. I mean, that that sale has already been made, so the adoption will be there. It's just around getting the technology right on the front end. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Cus customers, consumers are just used to uh, providing their, yeah. or logging into their bank account and providing yeah. that information. Yeah. It's yeah. expected. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so what do you think? What do you think is going to happen for the for the rest of the year, um, in terms of like the development and sort of, um, you know, um, yeah. Ex, ex, expansion or I mean what's 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 what does the future hold uh, for for learning metrics yeah <clears throat> well um, we we do spend a considerable uh, some of, of our revenue on R&D and we do have mm. some uh, quite exciting uh, innovations coming in, in this first quarter again I'll, I'll make sure you're the first to know when, yeah. when I'm in a position to reveal them but but they're all uh, aimed around um, giving more control, ever more control to the lender, with, mm. whether that be um, modifying um, their decisioning, whether it be analyzing their data, um, onboarding third parties, all of those types of uh, features, we want to put more and more and more in their hands and um, distill down its, uh, its SaaS credentials uh, ever more. Um, internationally, yes, we, we certainly do uh, want to uh, to expand further internationally. But I think the, the main um, the, the main expectation really for this year is probably a very, very big bounce back mm. uh, in, in terms of uh, customer activity. Uh, so lender activity, mm. which affects all of our, our platforms, uh, volume and uh, and uh, and therefore uh, revenue <clears throat> and uh, and we see the trend of um, more lenders onboarding continuing because the the the, the, the train is running full steam ahead at the moment yeah. I, I can see this almost like put 2020 to one side um, you know we got through the year <clears throat> even if it doesn't change and even if we're in this for a while I mean like we've got to, we've got to carry on and it feels like there's just that's that's the pent-up demand which is no matter what happens I think this stuff has to happen, right? So I think um, I, th I think we we'll see quite a lot more activity. I, I kind of agree. Well, um, you know, holidays is, is mm. a biggie. It's probably the biggest. Mm. Uh, clothes shopping. You know, yeah. how many people are desperate to go out and do a bit of clothes shopping? Yeah. Uh, I noticed that the the numbers for home improvements and DIY that's all been decimated too. Yeah. And uh, and I I think everyone's going to double down and. Uh, and make up for um, their their lost Christmas this year by mm. having a huge Christmas next year. So yes, a huge amount of pent up demand, and um, you know point of sale credit is going to be a biggie, I think, and and uh, and, e and even some specialist uh, specialist providers, um, holiday finance, I think, is mm. is one area that that's uh, certainly showing uh, a huge amount of of, of interest. Uh, so yeah, across the board. Uh, niche providers uh, of uh, discretionary spending. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I think, I mean, we all need to have clothes. We still, you know, whether we need to have a holiday, but we, we feel like we need to have a holiday. 
Um, and so the demand's still there. It's just it just doesn't happen via a slightly different channel. So those those providers that maybe can do things online, maybe can do things in a slightly different way, uh, or can you know click and collect or whatever it is. Um, I mean the demand's still there. I mean the business hasn't gone away. It's just it's just the channel and being able to access it. It's just and I think I think we'll start to see you know do we all start to adapt just like we have with with SaaS as uh, SaaS services as an example for, for on the system side. It's it's a way of we're adapting to almost like a new environment a little bit. Y- yes, um, I, I think to sort of amplify that uh, that rebound effect, there, mm. there are a couple of other things that I think need to be taken into account other than. Um, the lockdown as a result mm. of COVID. Uh, the, the general stock availability mm. uh, is, is not there. So mm. if, you, if you take a, take a look at the availability of goods, there's a huge amount of, uh, uh, of sort of, there's a hiatus basically in the supply chain, mm. whether that's by um, impacts in China or whether that's, you know, international um uh, international shipping we mustn't mm. forget that tens of thousands of flights mm. have not happened. so there's a huge strain being placed on uh the shipping supplies around the world and and the, the cost of freight has gone through the roof and mm. therefore people actually being able to get their hands on those goods that's been uh, impacted and i think the second thing uh, that that we mustn't forget is of course the uncertainty at least around a uh, trade deal for Brexit. That's mm. now that's now done. Mm. Love it or hate it. And, and um, you know, there, there will be plenty on, on either side of that, uh, that argument. Um, it's done. You know, the, mm. the trade deal is done. The uncertainty at least has gone. And so that that gives business, um, if nothing else, more certainty to to go into uh, 2021. So vaccine, probably the end of lockdowns once that vaccine is is fully deployed um international travel combined with international s- supply of goods mm. and brexit out of the way and all of that pent-up yeah. demand uh, it's, a, it's a new environment we've all got to yourself in and get ready for 2021 exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly well david thank you very much i really appreciate making the time to chat to me i i, I really do uh, it's uh, it's been great, and um, uh, you know, really interesting to hear your ideas, particularly around flexibility and flexibility in systems, being able to adapt to almost like this new this this new normal, I suppose, in terms of like incorporating data and like the customization for for clients as well. I think that I think that piece was is particularly interesting because that really does feel like it's a theme, and it's been sort of developing over the last you know, lot probably much longer, but certainly I've seen it over the last six nine months. So really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks.